Well, in ministry, we can spend a lot of time and energy focusing on the what and how to do ministry. But one of the key components to a healthy and growing, vibrant ministry is stopping and starting with the why. Today, we're going to talk about that. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official, a Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, and leadership wisdom, all centered around the Beatitudes and Celebrate Recovery principles, where Jesus helps us to face our hurts, hangups, and habits so that we can walk in freedom and healing the way Christ intended for our life. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. And my name is Rodney. I'm the global field director with Celebrate Recovery and uh, so glad to be here with you today. I'm excited about our topic, but even more about our guest here today. Uh, You know him as Johnny Baker. He's the co-executive director of Celebrate Recovery. Uh, So pumped to have a conversation with my brother. Johnny, welcome, man. Hey, Rodney. So glad to be with you. Yeah. Well, introduce yourself, man, and we'll jump into a conversation. Yeah, sure. My name is Johnny Baker. I'm a grateful believer. I struggle with alcoholism and codependency. Hey, Johnny. So, Johnny, you know, you and I have had some conversations, and you actually did a summit talk on this. I don't, was that last year or two years ago, maybe? Uh, just starting with the why. And, and I just remember walking away as a ministry leader myself, just thinking, man, that's such a good uh, directive as a ministry leader because I can get lost and buried in the what's and and the how to's and which those are all important, but, but starting with the why is a pretty uh, critical first step. Why, why should we start with the why Johnny? Yeah. You know, actually Ronnie, I think it was pre pandemic that I gave this talk. It's been a while. I know it all feels like it runs together to me. So maybe it wasn't, it could have been last year for all I remember, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that it's so easy for us as leaders to really think about what are we going to do and how are we going to do it? And those are really good things. Obviously we don't want to start off and take on a project that we don't know if we're going to be able, if we're going to be able to complete it. But I think so often we kind of miss, well, why are we doing it in the first place? So we can talk about all different kinds of things and celebrate recovery specifically, but it's start, it's always helpful to know something even as, as core as the DNA. Mm-hmm. Why is the DNA there? And why should I adhere to the DNA? Why do we do the guidelines? Why do we do groups the way that we do? And I think it helps us as leaders to know that before we try to communicate to everybody else, it also gives us a place to keep coming back to, which is explaining that why. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it kind of puts some some uh, energy and weight behind carrying out the mission, right? What, what we're about to do. If if we don't know the why, then, then the what uh, doesn't have as much staying power, right? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it even starts there. Do you know why you do celebrate recovery? Mm. Rodney, do you and I as global leaders, do we know why we do what we do? At a very fundamental, you know, beginning point, why do you do celebrate recovery? Mm. Why do we, what is the mission, the purpose, the vision of celebrate recovery? And I would, I would ask every ministry leader to not just know what the, what the vision or the mission of global celebrate recovery is, but what's the, what's the mission of your celebrate recovery? Why do you meet every week? Why do you do the things that you do? Because if we don't start there, 
we're going to keep getting confused. We may add things or take away things that are really key components to what we're doing. Mm, yeah. And that's such a great question just periodically to ask our leaders, our volunteers, just to kind of recenter on the mission. But Johnny, you and I were talking about that and, and just uh, some real practical things on the local level that got you thinking about this, you know, kind of this, God gave you this talk, you know, just this, uh, this principle of starting with the why. What was it that was kind of the catalyst for you being, you know, if you don't know, Johnny Baker's Celebrate Recovery is in, in California at Saddleback Church where it all started. Celebrate Recovery was founded there 31 years ago. But Johnny, what was that catalyst that got you on this track of starting with the why to begin with? It's so funny because we start every Friday night. Somebody will say after one of the first worship songs, welcome to Celebrate Recovery. And then the entire crowd, if they've been there more than once, they know to say it. They'll say the best place to be on a Friday night. And I was standing in the back of our worship center, kind of by the sound booth. And I just hired this young, really hip guy. His name was Jared. And Jared was the best sense of the word, a disruptor, right? Like that's kind of what he saw himself as, as a lot of young people do, right? And, <laughs> and um, But it's part of why I hired him. And he was standing next to me and he said, why? And I said, what do you mean why? He said, why is this the best place to be on a Friday night? And he said it with a smile on his face. I knew he wasn't really challenging the idea. Mm. But what he was, was communicated very easily, like, we say that every week, but what makes it true? And, and I got to be honest, I remember when I first started attending Celebrate Recovery for my alcoholism 19 years ago, it didn't always seem like the best place to be on a Friday night especially in those early days. And so it really was that thing of like, that had become a thing that we said. It became like a, a part of what it meant to do Celebrate Recovery at Saddleback Church. But did we mean it? And, and could we explain to somebody else why that was true? If somebody came in and they were not happy to be there because, look, let's face it, Rodney, most people don't come to Celebrate Recovery for the very first time on a good day, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they may not feel like it's the best place to be. So why is it? And it just started me thinking about some of the things that we do, some of the things that we say. And recovery is full of cliches, and usually it's because they work. But do we know why we say them? Do we know the why behind? And so, so it made me start going, okay, why do we do worship the way we do? Why do we do announcements the way we do? Why do I teach the way I teach? And why do we do groups the way that we do? And it, it really came down to this idea that if, if our leaders don't know why, they're going to start to complain and get frustrated, and they're going to start to see things differently. But if you keep reminding them why, they may not love every, every decision we make as leaders, but they're going to be on board with it because they know there's thought behind it. Mm, yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and I think about, you know, this practical things like leaders meetings, you know, why are we having leaders meetings? And so as leaders, we have to remind our volunteers the why behind that so that they'll carry out the what. And I love, I love what a great uh, challenging question for all of us. I know we have ministry leaders and, and team members that are listening in and, and that's such a great, healthy, challenging question uh, it can feel like we're being a little bit rebellious, but we're actually solidifying and putting some some uh, uh, roots down into what we're doing. Well, yeah, and I think a, a great question as a for ministry leaders may be: do do I allow people to challenge to challenge me to ask me questions like that? And and listen, I don't love it when people ask me hard questions. 
but it is a key value of mine that people can ask those hard questions. And if I can't defend it well, if my answer becomes the thing that I often tell my kids because I said so, <laughs> that's not a value. That's not a well thought out why. That's just a preference. And preferences aren't bad, but even that, that's how I like it, right? If we're talking about a better or a best practice that isn't clearly defined by the DNA, well, why do you do it that way? That's because I like it that way. That, I, to me, if our pastor were to say that to me, he's not doing something unethical or against the Bible. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being clear about that. You know, but are you as a ministry leader? And I know you are Rodney with some of maybe your key leaders, maybe not the, you know, the first time visitor might not, you might not be, you know, super excited about that, but I think you would be. But with most people, if your key leaders came up and said, Hey, Rodney, why are we doing it this way? I believe you would stop and you would give them a, a well thought out answer time provided. And all, you're not getting up ready to speak, <laughs> obviously that kind of thing. But to me, that's a key of a strong leader is that they have the ability to have their beliefs challenged or have their things challenged. And again, if somebody were to ask you, well, why is it the best place to be on Friday night? And you got upset about it and stormed off. My thing would be, I don't think you know. And so that's fine. Use that as a catalyst to find out and to give it some why. So that it isn't just that's how we've always done it. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I think it makes me think here on a local level, Johnny, I don't know if I've even shared this with you personally, but we, we've been wrestling and it's really been over the last year um, asking that question about our fellowship times. You know, the we have the uh, meal in the Solid Rock Cafe and 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 the question we put on the table is why do we call it Solid Rock Cafe? And, and that's something your dad, he'd come up with that name. Uh, I think it was off of uh, Hard Rock Cafe, wasn't it? And so there's, right. some, there's some history there, but, but what we were finding is every time a newcomer would say, what is solid rock cafe? What does that mean? And so we were having to explain what it means every time. And so, so we finally asked that question, you know, why are we doing that? So we ultimately moved initially, we were going to have the meal and then call it connection cafe. And then we decided we just want to make our fellowship times on our main meeting night connection cafe, but connection cafe meal six to six 45 connection cafe nine to nine 30 is coffee and dessert. So, so the, the whole experience in that area is connection cafe and it communicates what we do, the value of that, but that wouldn't happen without the safety of being able to say, well, why do we do that? It'd be easy to get defensive and say, well, John Baker said that, man, that's, that's the name. Just deal with it. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, there's some freedom there. The DNA, the function is have a, have a meal and a coffee time somewhere in there as you grow, if you can, because that's a, there's such a value in that, that fellowship key. Um, but what you call it, some people call it crosstack cafe or whatever, you know, but, but that, that's an example here on a local level of how we, we took that why and, and came up with a new idea. Yeah, I, I love that because what it what it did was it kept you from having a sacred cow, mm. right? And sacred cows are those things that we establish in our ministry that we begin to worship more than Jesus, the things that we do. And so, and I guarantee you, if my dad was alive today and he said, somebody said, why do you call it Solid Rock? Go, I don't care what you call it. Change the name. Right? Just have the event. Because, you know, somebody who like me, we've taught the seven, you and I have taught the seven keys thousands of times probably. And so whenever I talk about fellowship, there's a phrase that we use in the training where we say the purpose of fellowship events is to set up a time for people to begin to establish 
healthy relationships. <laughs> Those relationships will turn into accountability partners and sponsors, right? Like that's the purpose behind fellowship events, right? The purpose behind fellowship events isn't to have the best coffee you ever had in your life. But if you have somebody who can make great coffee, have the great coffee. If that person moves and now you're having church coffee again is the is the ability to have those relationships developed that that's what the fellowship event is for so change the name i i think the names can change as much as possible church to church whatever the name is that that says to your people this is what that group is for or what this event is for then that's that's a great reason to change something a terrible reason to keep it that way is because that's what we've always called it. So when people say, why do we do something? The only answer that I'm not comfortable either getting or giving is because we've always done it that way. That can be a part of the answer, but it shouldn't be the whole answer itself. And so whenever something is, well, we've always called it that, we're not going to change it because we've always called it that way. That Then I start to say, well, that's a sacred cow. Mm. And we want to get all of the sacred cows, because we don't want any idol in Celebrate Recovery. We always want to be turning towards Jesus. And so that's a, I love that. And so whatever, whatever, that's a perfect time to look at something and go, the why doesn't make any sense anymore. So let's change the, the message didn't change, right? What you did doesn't change, but the, the method behind it, that did. We're going to call it something different. And that's great. Hmm, I love that. I'm kind of curious, Johnny, and, and kind of digging back in the 31 years, you've been a part of it. What, 19 years. Um, yeah. So you've seen a lot of changes through the year. What are some of those sacred cows that, that really um, forced you guys as you began asking that why uh, even on a global level, but even the local level that, that you kind of had to push toward that. And it was a little bit uncomfortable at first, but, but then you end up ultimately you change that. What's some of those sacred cows that you've seen through the 19 years? I mean, a huge one is the way that we do online meetings now. Mm. We, we, for years before the pandemic, we would be asked all the time, can we do a group online? And we just say no. And, and we didn't even think about it, Rodney. If we were doing a Facebook Live, we were doing a conversation with somebody in a one day, it didn't matter. Yeah. Somebody could come, I'm a traveling salesman and I, I'm never home to do a step study. Can I do one online? Or, or I'm sick and I can't leave my house or I've got a mental health issue and say, sorry, no. It was just a no. And then the pandemic hit. And when the pandemic hit, we had to look at that and say, okay, well, we can't meet together in person. So many places shut down and you couldn't get together in person. And so everybody on the team came and said, we got to start doing these groups online. And I was the last person to eventually say yes, because to me, the no had become a sacred cow. Mm. No, we do. Now I had a good why. And I truly believe the safest way to do a step study or an open share group is in person, face to face. And so my why was good. It just wasn't good enough because things had changed so much that I had to be convinced to say, all right, well, we can't do it that way. So what, how can we do things? And so we added three new guidelines to the, to the guidelines and we came up with how we felt like we could do a self, uh, I'm sorry, a safe online meeting. And that is, expanded and changed and, and pay attention because things may be coming in the in the weeks and months but but we now have had really successful online through zoom step study and open share groups but at the time that was a sacred cow and one that i was not willing to sacrifice mm. and had we not celebrate recovery probably wouldn't exist today wow people yeah. would have gone to other places for recovery 
and we probably they would have found something else. And so it, it's so to me that's a huge one. And there's probably dozens of small ones throughout time. Um, sometimes even just how many worship songs we do and why we do them in that place. And um, like you said, why we call certain things what we call them. Who gets to do what? So we had a sacred cow where we had some volunteers that were always on stage every week doing the announcements and doing the serenity prayer. And it kind of became a, a an ownership thing. And so when we said, hey, we're going to switch that up, people, not just the people who did it, actually, they were some of the ones who were the most understanding. It was the, the participants who were used to seeing the same person do the announcements of the serenity prayer. And then when we shook that up, they were, they were really freaked out by it. And so, but we gave them a good why we want more people to be involved and we're having, we're trying to get more leadership and more, all of those things. So some of them can be real small. Some of them can be huge. Mm. I'm sure you've seen some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen a few. I, I want to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll, we'll kind of continue some of the, I'd love to hear some more and I'll share some local ones we've done, but then, then maybe even hear some of the uh, global, even what we're doing with trainings and, uh, man, a lot of that's been turned upside down. Maybe we can unpack that. So we'll take a, a quick break here. Um, when we come back, um, we'll we'll unpack that and some of those changes uh, because we had to start with the why. And though it can be uncomfortable, uh, how that uh, changed some things on the what and the how to. So stick with us and we'll continue with this great conversation with Johnny Baker, the co-executive director of Celebrate Recovery. Hey, folks, if you're looking for a way to book Johnny Baker to come speak at your Celebrate Recovery or your local church, we've got an easy way to do that. Just go to johnnybaker.net and you can book him. I know Johnny is eager to come to your local Celebrate Recovery or church. So get on there and book him and uh, let him be a part of your community. I know you'll be blessed. Welcome back. Talking with Johnny Baker, the co-executive director of Celebrate Recovery. And we're talking about the importance of starting with the why and what we're doing in our local ministry and why that's important uh, to help uh, not to develop any sacred uh, cows. And and Johnny, right before the break, you were talking about just some of those real practical things of how even having the same person read the principles. That seems like a real simple thing, but I would imagine that was a pretty big thing for your local ministry. And as you were talking, it just kind of reminded me just this picture of, of we got to be open handed and the why forces us to not have a tight grip on anything. And if you ultimately stay with what you're challenging or asking about, that's great, but at least be open handed to the possibility, right? Yeah, I think it's so good because I think, you know, you just because um, somebody has a challenge to something doesn't mean it should change. Right. And I think having a solid why helps you not be swayed by public opinion, helps you not be swayed by preferences, but it also helps you to keep things pure to what we do. So you did this a couple of years ago. You and I think Mac approached John and Cheryl Baker, the founders of Celebrate Recovery, and asked them why the guidelines were written in the way that they were. And we, we have one of our guidelines, the second guideline, for those of you who don't know, our small group guidelines are just some simple things that help 
help keep the sharing in our group safe. And one of them is there's no crosstalk. Crosstalk is when two people engage in conversation that excludes everybody else. But that guideline had taken on all kinds of cruft and all these new things and, and people added, you know, passing a tissue was crosstalk and, you know, looking at someone while they shared or nodding their head was crosstalk or laughing at a joke during a share was crosstalk. And you guys went up to them. I think we were at a national meeting and you said, hey, what did you mean? Yeah. Why can't people cross? And he gave you a pretty simple answer, right? We just meant people shouldn't talk at the same time. Don't be rude. And you had the, I think there's a couple things that illustrates. One, Pastor John, our founder, was open to you asking those kinds of questions, which I think said a lot about his leadership, which is, I know you and I, we try to emulate ourselves in that style of leadership, that we're open to those kinds of things. But also he knew why. Hmm. And so that really helped us over the years so that we've been able to say these things don't count as crosstalk because it goes outside of the why. Yeah. And I think that's a great example to the function of uh, no crosstalk did not change, right? It's, it is, this is, this is a main staple that we believe uh, keeps the group safe, but the form had taken on a different shape. And so you know, why is this guideline? Okay. That makes sense. Why do we, why do we say you can't hand a tissue? Oh, okay. We need to talk about that. Uh, something's off there and, and it's something that's been communicated needs to be changed. We need to make sure that our local groups know that handing somebody a tissue is not a violation of cr- no cross. Now somebody's listening and they're like having tremors now because they've known and they followed that. And they're like, wait, what? I can't hand it. Uh, I can hand a tissue and, it, and it's not crosstalk. So if that's new information, um, welcome to that uncomfortable place of asking why and and, um, and then following a new process. No, it is not crosstalk. But, but I love that the function didn't change. The form was challenged and, and we made some revisions and that affected our trainings. I love that. So Johnny, it's, it's go, go sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, it goes on more than just that. I know. We, I, I, I hope I don't derail where you were taking us, Rodney. But I think one one thing that's also really powerful is there's a part of recovery that people really have a hard time with, and that's the fourth step or the fourth principle. And a lot of times, people look at that and they go, "Why should I do this?" Mm-hmm. And I and I think an, an okay answer and one that I've given in the past is because millions of people have done it before you, right? And I think that that can be an answer, but that. That's probably not enough for me. You know, Ronnie, you and I are both of Gen X age, right? And so the kind of the key phrase for Gen X is what's in it for me. <laughs> and so uh, for for our age group, there's this feeling of like, I need to know why I should do. I How is this going to help? And somebody say um, that they didn't want to do their fourth step because it felt like they were just dredging up the past again. And they'd already dealt with all of that. Why would I dredge it up again? And I said, Based on the way we're talking about it, I don't think you have dealt with it. I think you've, you've thought about it, but you're still that that fear to go back there is so strong that to me that doesn't seem like it's been dealt with. I want to get it to where you're separated from that that anxiety and that 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 feeling that you get. So let's bring it out into the light and let God deal with it. So explaining the why now all of a sudden it's not just something that's been I've been told I have to do, but there's a reason, and now. I may not still love doing it, but I know that it isn't a, it's not just for torture or it's not just uh, because other people have done it, but there will be a reason. And and I think sometimes that that's enough to get people to go, okay, got it. Now I can do it. Mm, Yeah. And I've seen that. It made me think even on the local level, 
And this is just good for ministries to hear this too, that if a newcomer asks you inquisitive questions, uh, like why, why do I need to go to the general meeting and open share? I'm in a step study, right? And, and Johnny, I've, I've, I've shared this many times. Um, and people don't know this, but you know, there's this presumption or assumption that, um, since, Celebrate Recovery started 31 years ago. We've had step studies day one, but it was, what, eight or nine years before the first step study started, right? That's right. Yeah. And so it's, it's funny because often people will say that step studies are the meat and potatoes or like the, the pick and shovel work of recovery. And I always resent that because I've, I've been in recovery for my alcoholism for 19 years, but I was one of the first participants at the original Celebrate Recovery in 1991. And I was a part of that group of people who went through recovery before Pastor John wrote the participant guides. And not just my own recovery, but a lot of men and women who were there had really huge life change before they started a step study. So when people say, like, that's where your life really changes, I'm like, these guys, their lives changed without it. And, and yes, I love step study, but there's a why behind step study and there's a why behind open chair and there's a why behind large group. And there's a why, like you just said, it's better to go to all three. It's often we use the the analogy of a three-legged stool, mm. right? A, a one-legged stool is just a balancing act. You put two legs under it, it's a little bit sturdier, but three legs is a pretty sturdy position. And so if you think of open share, step study, and large group as those legs, you get something different from each one of those things. So somebody who's new isn't going to know that. And so instead of just going because I said so, or because my sponsor said so, or because whatever, or I don't know, that's the why. You're going to get something different out of each one of these experiences. And the more you pour in, the more you're going to get out. So get to all three of them. You know, and and somebody who's really ready for life change. Okay, great. That all I need to know is that there's a reason, and now I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and and I think it's important when those newcomers are asking that. Be glad they're asking questions because that uh, means they care about it and they're interested in what you're offering. And if you're annoyed by that that question and not responding in love, then it's going to send a message that's, Oh, maybe this is not the place for me. So I think just that posture of open hands, even as we're responding to people's like, Hey, I'm so glad you asked that. Let me tell you about the value and just lean into the value. But so Johnny, uh, you know, this is kind of translated starting with the why even globally, with the trainings, you know, celebrate recovery global does uh, trainings, uh, you know, across the globe, uh, for celebrate recoveries existing or new churches starting up, how has this question impacted global on the training aspect for the local ministry? Yeah, that's great. We, we, as you know, Ronnie, we wanted to make sure that we are constantly meeting the needs of people who are in recovery, and oftentimes that means we have to try some new things to see if they work. They don't always work. Sometimes we go backwards. Sometimes we move forward. But that's why we always call things experiments, right? Because experiments can fail. And people go, great, the experiment failed, but I didn't fail. And so we've tried a number of different things to meet the needs of people in in ministry who are doing this day to day. And so one thing that we did was our our in-person training, again, with the pandemic, we weren't able to do Summit and we weren't able to do our training conferences. And so we moved that year, the Summit online and our training conference online. And then this last year, we were able to get back on the road a little bit. And But even while we were there, there was this feeling that 
the needs of people who are coming to our in-person trainings or, or trainings in general have changed because the pandemic so fundamentally changed ministry. You know, most churches across America, they're at about 30 to 50% of their attendance that they were at post pre pandemic. So after the pandemic, only about 30% of the people have come back to church even now. And so for Celebrate Recovery, that translates the same. And so a lot of people are saying, where do we get leaders? And how do we do this now with a third of our people? And so what we did was we made the decision to, to split the training up. And so we're doing seven keys training, that foundational, that, that basic establishing a foundation of a healthy celebrate recovery. And we're now offering that online. It's online every month. And, you, and so people don't have to wait for us to come to their area to learn about the seven keys. But just once a month, they can watch this training. And so that's great for new churches who haven't started yet, who are thinking, well, where do we get this training? Well, now they just can go to a website and find it and watch it together. And then we're doing a few in-person training conferences, but they're not the seven keys. We're building on that foundation. So with the seven key model, we're establishing the foundation. And then we're building on that with going into deeper topics. So we're going to be talking, one of the things I'm going to talk about at the training conference at these in-person ones is step studies. But I'm not going to talk about open with prayer, go around the room, introduce yourself. I'm only talking about why should my why should our participants write the answers ahead of time? Mm. What do we do if they're not doing it? Why should we share in this way and that way? Why do we do them on a different night of the week? So what we're hoping is somebody can watch the online, the seven keys, get that foundation, and then come to an in-person group and go, okay, now that I know what we're doing, how and why do we do it that way? And so that's all shifted by by next year. We may look at things and go, we're going to change it up again and do training a different way because we're not married to what we're doing. We're married to why we're doing it. Mm, That's so good. Yeah, I love that. It's like, why not? Why not have it online? And those are some hard questions we were asking. and, And man, what a great tool now. New churches, new leaders can have this at their fingertips and get equipped so that they can have uh, an effective and and sustainable ministry. So I love that, that even on a global level, we're asking and starting with the why. So man, this 30 minutes zip by Johnny. <laughs> it did. I love it though. We got to do this more often. Right? Yeah. This. I'm so glad you jumped on here, man. I know our, our friends, listeners love, love you and, and love your wisdom. So thanks for jumping on and, and sharing some of your nuggets, man. Well, thanks for doing this too, Randy. I know that this, this started with you. And so thanks for hosting it and, and all the different great conversations that you've had with different folks. It's been so good for me too. So thanks yeah. for everybody who's listening. You bet. You bet. And yeah, I just want to echo that uh, for you that uh, uh, are listening right now. Thank you for um, sharing and um, giving us high ratings on this, this uh podcast it helps us to get more exposure uh, you're sharing on social media or email and your text and and that helps us a lot so hey if you're just starting out in recovery uh, maybe you're not familiar with the ministry angle we covered today i just want to encourage you maybe your why is why not jump into this process and join the millions that have found healing from their hurts hang-ups and habits so i just want to encourage you uh, you do not have to face in fact you were not designed to face your hurts hang and habits on your own. If you'd like to find a group near you, just go to celebraterecovery.com forward slash groups and find a group near you and join us on this movement. Hey, thanks for listening. Until then, next time, God bless.